please stand with us and sing. Take us to the river. Take us there in unity to sing a song of your salvation. To win this generation for our King. A song of your forgiveness. For it is with grace that river flows. Take us to the river in the city of our God. Take us to your throne room. Give us ears to hear the cry of heaven, for that cry is mercy. Mercy to the fallen sons of men, mercy it has triumphed. Triumphed over judgment by your blood. Take us to the throne room in the city of our God. For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. This is the year of the the net right here. I have a net with me because there is a story about Jesus and some fishermen. Have, have you guys ever been fishing before? Anybody ever been fishing? Yeah? You fished before? Now, if you fished before, did you use a net or did you use something else? You use a fishing rod, a fishing pole, exactly. And so that's what we use a lot today. But back then and even today, if somebody's a fisherman and they need to catch a lot of fish, they don't necessarily use a fishing rod or a fishing pole. They use nets and they put their nets in the water so they don't just catch one fish at a time. They want to catch a whole bunch of fish, a whole gaggle of fish so that then they can feed other people if that's their job as a fisherman they need to feed themselves and they need to feed their families but they also need to sell that fish in order to make money for their families as well so there were some fishermen and there these fishermen anybody know what these fishermen's name was yep what's up oh you're gonna find out in just a second do you know who it was 
Yes, the disciples, any idea? Almost, they weren't disciples yet. Any ideas of some names of who these fishermen might have been? Ooh, Peter, good job. And there were also two others, and they both start with J's. Any other guesses? James and... James and John. James and John and Peter. So they were all fishermen. And one day Jesus was with the fishermen and he went to talk to a whole bunch of people. And he was with the fishermen. And these fishermen had had a really bad day. They went out in their boats and they put their nets in the water and they caught, guess how many fish they caught? Zero. Exactly. They were catching nothing. It was a terrible day. They were so upset. They weren't making any money. They weren't getting any food. And so they were really upset. So they go in for the day. And then Jesus says to them, later on in the day, at the end of the day, he says to them, he says, you know what? Put your, put your boat out and, and cast your nets. Just put your nets down in the water one more time. Now, Peter, you know what Peter wanted to do? He wanted to go home. Peter wanted to go home, and he wanted to relax. Do you ever have those days where it's a long day, and you just want to go home, and you want to snuggle up on the couch and maybe watch something? Do you guys have those days where you just want to go home and relax? Well, Peter wanted to go home and relax, but Jesus said, I want you to go out in the boat one more time. And put your nets in the water. So Peter, ooh, so Peter was like, okay, Jesus, we'll do that. And so Peter goes out and he t- brings the boat out and he puts his net in the water. And then he puts his net in the water. And suddenly there were a whole bunch, a whole gaggle of, any idea what these are supposed to be? Fish, a whole gaggle of fish. There were so many fish. It does kind of have like a diamond nose, doesn't it? There were so many fish that it was weighing the boat down. And Peter was the only one who went out in his boat. So we had to say, James and John, come and help me. Bring out your boats. Grab your nets so that they could pull in all of the fish. Because there were suddenly so many fish that it, there were too many for Peter's boat. And it was a miracle. And the second that that happened, Peter's like, oh my goodness, Jesus you must come from God. Like nobody, I've never seen anybody do that before. Peter's like, Jesus, you must come from God. You must be special. But Peter didn't want to hold Jesus back. He didn't want to distract Jesus from the work Jesus needed to do. So Peter's like, Jesus, I'm not good enough to be around you. But Jesus said, yes, you are. You are good enough. You are loved. Come with me and I will help you and James and John fish for people. (laughs) Bring people home to God. So that is the story that the adults and I are going to talk about today. And maybe you'll talk about it in Sunday school. I'm not sure. And are you guys ready to go to Sunday school? Yeah. Okay. Let's stand up and let's say a prayer. All right. Gather around and let's say a prayer. Holy and loving God, We remember you today, and we remember your stories, and we turn to you, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us, young and not so young, to worship you this morning. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you guys can go off to Sunday school. Oh, my children, with my blessing, never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you, you are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own.
now, friends, are there any announcements that need to be made at this time? Give them to me or just stick them in the choir room. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. And now let us take a moment to light our peace candle. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, Lord, and we pray for peace. We pray for peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for peace that can break through this world and bless us all. Help us to experience your peace. Help us to be instruments of your peace. Help us to create more peace in this often chaotic world. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. seashores and sidewalks. You call us to wander off from our predictable paths to follow you into the unpredictable footsteps of the kingdom. As we wait in our simple, sometimes unpredictable, constantly uncertain lives, Speak to us of the hope that is our anchor. Speak to us, Spirit of peace. Speak to us of the peace that is our rock. Speak to us, Spirit of grace. Speak to us of your grace that is our refuge. We are here to follow you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see
our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. We will read the first, uh, ver- first 11 verses of the fifth chapter. You can open up your pew Bibles when you are ready. And we are going to read about Jesus calling his first disciples. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. Once, while Jesus was standing by beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake, and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. This is Simon, also known as Peter, Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. And yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And then they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. rescued me and picked me up, a living hope of grace revealed, a life transformed in righteousness. Oh Lord, you have rescued me, forgiving me, you healed my heart and set me free. From sin and death, you brought me life, you made me whole, oh Lord, you have rescued me, and you loved me before I knew you, and you knew me for all time, I've been created in your You rescued me. You rescued me. 
rescued me. Of grace revealed, a life transformed in righteousness. Oh Lord, you have rescued me, forgiving me. You healed my heart and set me free from sin and death. You brought me life. You've made me whole. Oh Lord, you have rescued me. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power this morning. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So we just read about Jesus calling his first disciples, and Jesus starts with the fishermen. He starts with the regular people, with the fishermen who go out each day to risk as much as they can to try to provide for their families, to provide to, to try to gather enough fish so that they can sell that fish and so that they can feed their families, so that they can take care of their families. And now here's one thing that you won't know if you haven't read the previous chapter of Luke right here. If we are to jump back into Luke chapter 4, then we're going to find out that Jesus and Peter have actually already met. Assuming that Luke has this order correctly, because Luke changes it from some of the other Gospels, assuming that Luke has this correctly, then if we jump back in the Gospel of Luke, do you know, now I see some of you guys are opening up, good job, do you know what it was that Jesus had done, how he had met Peter earlier? Any guesses? Some of you guys were in Bible study? He had healed Peter's mother-in-law. So if we go back previously, then we're going to find out that Jesus had already healed Peter's mother-in-law. And then suddenly there's this day where the crowds come gathering around. They want to hear what Jesus has to say because Jesus' popularity, even though he hasn't even called disciples yet, Jesus' popularity is starting to rise. People are hearing that Jesus have, has done miraculous things. People are witnessing what Jesus is doing. They're, they're watching how Jesus goes around and travels and, and how he's bringing people to himself. So people start started to wonder, like, could this be? 
Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the one that we have been waiting for? And so all the people come gathering around Jesus, wanting to hear what it is that Jesus has to say. And this is the thing that amazes me. Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, knew the best way to speak to the crowds. Jesus says to Simon Peter, in the water while all the crowds gathered around on the shore to listen what Jesus to what Jesus had to say. But here is the thing that I am so amazed by, and maybe you remember a virtual children's moment from my pond two summers ago. Was it already, I guess, two summers ago? When I learned this amazing fact, and Debbie, the science teacher, and I did some research, that sound actually travels farther over water than it does on land. And Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, knew this. So Jesus got in the boat and had Simon Peter move the boat back just a little bit so all of the people could stand on the shoreline so that everybody could hear what Jesus had to say. Isn't that amazing? I find that so amazing that Jesus knew that and that he made that happen. But after Jesus was done talking to the crowds and he sent the crowds home, he looked at Peter again and he said, okay, guess what, friend? Let's go out deeper into the water. Let's cast out your nets one more time. And I promise you that Peter was ready to go home and put up his feet by the fire and be done with the day. Peter did not want to be out in the water any longer. They had had an unsuccessful day fishing. He had already cleaned his nets, and I don't think that's a very easy job. He was done. You know those days when you are just done. You don't want to do anything else. You want to go home, put up your feet by the fire, and relax. Well, that was Peter. Peter was was done, but this was Jesus. And you know what? Jesus had just healed his mother-in-law. So who was Peter to say no to Jesus? And so Peter says, okay, Jesus, you know, I I don't want to do this, but since it's you, I'll put the boat out farther into the water. And then Jesus says, okay, now drop your nets, put your nets down. And Peter's got to be like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Is this man really making me put my nets down? I've already cleaned my nets. I'm done. I'm ready to go home. Peter's got to be like, oh my goodness. Okay, fine, Jesus. Fine. I'll do this to humor you. I'll put my nets in the water. And then he puts in the, uh, his nets in the water. And then up comes a whole gaggle of fish. Suddenly the nets are They're overflowing even where Peter has to call for help because there are so many fish that he can't handle them all with his boat. And here is what I just love. I love Peter's response. This is the best response to a miracle of all time. What does Peter do? He falls down on his knees and he says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I'm too sinful to be around you. Jesus, I have messed up. Jesus, I have not lived a good and clean and holy life. I am way too sinful to be around you. You need to leave my presence right now or I'm going to drag you down. That's what Peter's saying to Jesus. Because in this moment, Peter recognizes that, you know what? Jesus must be the Messiah. This is something so miraculous. And and it doesn't seem that miraculous. But to Peter, he's been a fisherman for years. He's never seen anything like this happen before. He's like, Jesus, you need to separate yourself from me. I'm too sinful to be around a holy man like you. And instantly, Peter is acknowledging his sins. Instantly, Peter confesses his sins right there in front of Jesus. Instantly, Peter is so aware of all of the times that he's messed up, and he doesn't want to hold Jesus back. But Jesus just looks at Peter. He's like, no, you, your friends James and John, You're not too sinful to be around me. You are just 
right, you are going to come with me and I will make you fish for people. And then they follow Jesus and they go with Jesus and they listen to Jesus and they learn from Jesus and they become the apostles. Now, if we are to keep looking in, the, in this chapter of the Gospel of Luke, if we're going to, the Gospel of Luke, if we're going to keep reading in this fifth chapter, we're going to find out that Jesus does some other miraculous things. First, Jesus is going to heal a man with leprosy. That's a pretty big deal. Remember, leprosy was a really, you know, a, a, a terrible thing at that time. And so Jesus heals a man with leprosy, then has the man, you know, go through the proper cleansing rituals and then go show himself to a priest. And then Jesus heals a man who is paralyzed. And this isn't like some little thing for show where somebody's like in a wheelchair and then like, bam, you're up and you're healed. It's not anything like that. This is somebody who is actually genuinely paralyzed and, and they're paralyzed and their life is really going to come to an end soon if some miraculous thing doesn't happen. So his friends, they, they carry him in. They, they put him on, you know, probably a blanket or something and they heal him. And so Jesus looks at this paralyzed man and then he heals this man and he forgives this man of all of his sins. And do you know what? The scribes and the Pharisees were in the presence of this healing. But unlike James and John and Peter who witnessed a miracle of a whole bunch of fish getting into a net, the scribes and the Pharisees, they witness a miracle where someone is healed. They witness this huge miracle where a paralyzed man gets up and walks. And instead of being amazed like the fishermen were, the scribes and Pharisees, their hearts get even harder and, and they get overwhelmed with jealousy. And you know what I was thinking about? If you ask me what's a bigger miracle, healing a paralyzed man or making a whole bunch of fish go into a net, you know what miracle I think is a little bit bigger? the paralyzed man. And yet when the scribes and Pharisees witness this amazing miracle, their hearts are not changed. Instead, their hearts become even harder and they do not confess their sins like Peter had done. They do not fall on their knees like Peter had done. Instead, they get overwhelmed with jealousy. And you know what this tells me? This tells me that Jesus can do so much more with with us humans, when we fall on our knees and when we confess our sins, then Jesus can do with us when we think we've got everything figured out. Jesus can do so much more with us when we come to Jesus broken and realizing that we've messed up than when we come to Jesus thinking that we have all the answers to every single thing and we're not willing to move and we're not willing to change because we think that we know absolutely everything. Jesus can do so much more with us when we're like the sinful fishermen than when we're like the pompous Pharisees. Now, how many of you guys have ever coached a team before? Any of you parents out there ever coached a team before? I'm seeing plenty of hands. What about, I, I know we've got some music teachers here. How many of you have ever taught a kid how to play an instrument before? I know I've got a bunch of you here. What about how many of you have ever taught anybody to do anything before in your life? Anyone? Yeah, give me a little wave of hands. All right, so here is what I have learned. Now, you know, I, I used to coach an awful lot, and, and I still coach my kids sometimes, but I I have learned that there's a difference between a coachable kid and a not coachable kid. And I think that this, uh, I see a music teacher shaking her head back there. I think that this goes into all forms of teaching as well. I think that there are coachable kids and then there are kids who are not so coachable. 
I think that sometimes you can have a kid who is not the most naturally gifted kid, but they are willing to be coached. There can be a kid who maybe isn't the, the brightest or maybe isn't the most athletic, but they are willing to listen to those who are smarter and wiser, those who are coaching them. And that kid who might not be the naturally the best out there will listen to their coaches and to their teachers and slowly but surely they'll get better and they'll get better and they'll get better. It'll take a lot of time and it'll take a lot of practice, but they get better and better and better. And then there are kids who are not so coachable. And these are usually the kids who are naturally quite talented. There can be kids that go out and it's not just kids. I, I played with people like this in college as well. There are people who are not naturally the, the most coachable. They might be the most athletic though. They might be the smartest one out there. They might be the most athletic one out there. But there can be people who are not coachable because they think they have everything figured out. They think they know all the answers. They think that they're the best out there, and so they're not coachable. And so they start up higher than the kid who is coachable. They start up higher, and maybe they get a little bit better with some practice, but they end up hitting a wall at a pretty young age. They hit a wall because they're not willing to be coached. They're not willing to listen to the advice and to the expertise of those around them. And so the kid that is coachable gets better and better really slowly. They start lower, but they get better and better and better and better and better, and then they keep on going till suddenly they're scoring goals like it's their job and they're acing tests and they're playing musical instruments like they you know belong up on stage somewhere and then that other kid the one who isn't so coachable they start up higher and they maybe get a little bit better but then they plateau and they don't get any better than that. So I'm telling you this because I think all of us humans are just really big kids. <laughs> I think all of us are just big kids. And we get to decide whether or not we are going to be coachable. We get to decide whether we are going to be like the kid who might not have the most natural talent, but they are willing to listen. We get to decide if we're going to be like Peter, who confesses that he has messed up in his life, who confesses that he is far from perfect, but is willing to listen and willing to learn. We get to decide if you God, I have this all figured out. We can act like that if we don't want to be the coachable kid, or we can be the coachable kid, and we can be like Peter, and we can confess that we've messed up. We can confess that we are far from perfect. We can confess that we don't have all the answers, and then we can be coachable, and we can get better. We can grow. We can do more with our lives. We can help more people. We can spread the gospel. We can spread the love of Christ. We can spread the peace of Christ in the world if we are willing to be coachable. So this Sunday is Communion Sunday, so we are going to come to this table. And as we come to this table, I want us to confess our sins. You don't have to say them out loud, but confess our sins to God. Realize that we are far from perfect. Anybody want to tell me you're far from perfect? Anybody out there like me want to confess that we are not perfect human beings? We can come to this table, confess our imperfections, and ask God to coach us, to guide us, to lead us to do better. That is what we've got to do on this communion Sunday. We don't have to be perfect. We definitely don't have to pretend that we're perfect. That's what the Pharisees did, and it didn't get them too far. But we have to come to this table ready 
and willing to learn and grow, ready for God to move us and mold us into something new. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we come to you today to worship you. And Lord, we know that there are so many people in this world who think that they are holier than others. We know that there are so many people in this world who say that they believe in you, and yet, Lord, they are just like the scribes and the Pharisees. So, Lord, we come to you today like Peter. We come to you today like a humble fisherman. We come to you today confessing our sins and asking you to make us and to mold us into something new. Make us and mold us, Lord. Guide us and coach us. Teach us to be more like Jesus. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And together we say, Amen. Please join us in our tithes and offerings. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your work. Come you who are weary and restless, 
Come all who hunger and thirst, we are ready. Creating God, source of all our being and all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord, and we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Come, for all things are now ready. There's a table in your presence where the weary are restored, where the bread is broken for us and the cup of life is poured. The body of Christ broken for you. Blood and body given for us perfect offering for our sin sacrifice and resurrection all who die with you shall live the body of Christ broken for you the body of Christ broken for you hallelujah hallelujah 
pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another, and let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me when the world's all as it should be blessed be your name blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering though there's pain in the offering blessed be your name with every blessing you pour out I'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in lord still i will say blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your glorious name give and take away Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. And now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart, confessing your sins and ready to be changed. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.